Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the National Football Show. Your boy, Dan Cilio. Tomorrow, the Cowboys report to training camp. We're here. We are here. You watching any of the NBA Finals? Does Milwaukee and Phoenix intrigue you? Are you a big market fan? If you live in a big market, you know, small market teams usually don't, unless it's pro football. You know, it's funny. Big market sports fans don't care at Green Bay or Minneapolis or any of those cities, Nashville. They come rolling into your city, okay? The NFL, it, it's not like that, right? There's no such thing as a small market team in the NFL. Nobody cares about that. Baseball, you know, uh, the Padres have kind of changed that distinction a little bit because now you've got two $300 million players. And get this, I think it was six years ago, they had a payroll of $60 million. And now they have two guys combined making $60 million on that 24-man roster. Okay, I mean, that roster is one of the highest, you know, paid out rosters in all of sports. I mean, so they've kind of changed that a little bit. And because of the revenue you're now seeing with cable television and now with the advent of gambling being added to the sports world, you're going to see that distinction of small markets. That's going to go away. That stuff's going to vaporize because nobody cares about that. But still, when it comes to basketball, watch this, Orlando Magic. Is that going to move the needle unless Shaq's on the team? Right? I don't know. Magic? I'm, Memphis? I, 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 okay, I'm not interested in that. Milwaukee? They got Giannis. He looks like a really good player. You've got a journeyman in Chris Paul. And what I mean by journeyman, how many teams has he been on? This guy's like the Ryan Fitzpatrick of the NBA. How many teams has he been on? So, I mean, the NBA still is battling itself because here, if you don't... It, they they have a fundamental flaw in how they promote their sport. Baseball still to this day has a small issue with that as well. I mean, watch this. How many people in Philadelphia do you think if you put Bryce Harper in a mall and you put Jalen Hurts in a mall, who do you think more people would be engaged to go over and ask for the autograph? They'd go over to Jalen Hurts. 
guy wears a helmet and he's not even the star that Harper is, but nobody cares about that dude. They don't care because he doesn't care. Takes his four swings, jumps in his Ferrari and goes home. Baseball guys are weird like that. They're not going to go out and self-promote. They're not going to go out and promote their sport. Jalen Hurts is doing everything he can to ingratiate the entire area. So is Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. So is Matthew Stafford. You see Matthew Stafford signing autographs in Los Angeles? This guy's spending overtime to try to make sure that the fans are getting a great experience showing up to Rams camp and to the Rams this coming training camp. They've got a bunch of open dates for their camps that people can come and watch. I think that's an essential thing to building a fan base. Oh, look, there's certain markets. You, you've got a built-in fan base, but the NBA doesn't, man, because these players aren't self-promoting. Or wait, excuse me, I'll take that back. They're self-promoting and not team-promoting. You think KD and Kyrie Irving and James Harden are going to promote Brooklyn Nets basketball? I'm not even sure anybody watches Brooklyn Nets basketball in New York. I mean, Brooklyn Nets? Look, I love the Islanders, but the Rangers will always be the top dog in that city. The Nets? Man, I don't care if you put Dr. J back in his time. Well, maybe Dr. J is maybe the only other guy that could do that. But you got one of the biggest stars in the world on your team, and no one cares about the Nets. Why is that? Because you don't promote your teams. The NFL has learned this is about a league with stars. They change rules to make their stars look so great, their quarterbacks. The NFL has done something that is so great. Give me the biggest personality coach in the NFL today. Is it John Gruden? Probably, right? He's just another dude. Look at all these young guys. They have taken away some of the star power off that head coaching position. You think Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland is a star on that Browns team? Absolutely not. I mean, in Chicago, you had Mike Ditka. You don't see those personalities like Parcells and Jimmy Johnson and Joe Gibbs and all those dudes. There's none of that. And get this, Belichick's a perfect example of that. Bill's not a guy that's going to go out there and be the face of your franchise. He's not going to do that. He's going to make the players part of it. That helps promote the game, not you. Athletes today are all about self-promoting. If you're in the NFL, you think Tom Brody, or Tom Brody, do you think Tom Brady self-promotes himself? When? You know when he does it? When he's playing and they're winning. And they're in a Super Bowl together. They're on a podium together. NBA guys, it's all about self-promoting. You know, you're talking about Damian Lillard now potentially going somewhere else. You see what he said today at the Olympics or at the um, qualifiers for Team USA? He's like this. I never said I wanted to leave Portland. I never said that. I don't know where that narrative came from. Okay? It's all about promoting one guy and not the team. He's like, I want to see Portland maybe make it to a position where we're doing the same thing that they're doing in Milwaukee. Look, if you could win an NBA championship in Milwaukee, Giannis is perfect. It's about team with Giannis there. That's why I'm kind of rooting for the guy because it's about team. It's not just so much about him. 
Here's a foreign-born player. He's from Greece. He loves being in the city of Milwaukee. That that city has embraced him, kind of like Josh Allen. Look at all Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen and Giannis have a lot in common. Josh Allen loves Buffalo. I mean, got off to a bumpy start, and there's Josh Allen now. You know, the face of the franchise. Everybody in Buffalo loves him, and they're now working at a contract extension for the guy because they believe that he's going to be the face of the franchise. Hell, Jim Kelly's already come out saying, this guy's going to break every single record I've ever had. And so there are certain guys. Look at Ben Roethlisberger fit into Pittsburgh. NBA, man. That, that's why you got a top-heavy league that people are looking at his finals and going, I don't know. Ratings have been kind of up. But if you go back to 17, 35% of the viewing audience has been lost for the NBA finals. 35%. Of your audience is gone. And get this. If you go back to 16, 50% of the NBA sports fans are gone from the sport. 50%. You've lost half your audience. If you had, five years ago, if you had 10 fans in the room that were NBA guys, five of them are no longer fans of the sport. You're not growing your fan base. That's got to be a massive concern. Half your fan base is gone in five years. Need to evaluate what you're doing, Adam Silver, and I love the dude. But, man, it's time to have a come-to-Jesus conversation. All right. Let's go on to Michael Irvin now. Let me give you a small history of my relationship with Michael. I've known Michael Irvin since I was 20 years old. And I'm in my 50s now. And I've known this man, and he is one of the absolute greatest teammates I've ever been around. Does Michael Irvin have history of issues? Yes. Is Michael Irvin a person that you look at and you take advice from? You should. Michael Irvin is a guy that teammates love and opponents hate. Being on a football team with him, you're never going to find a harder worker. Give you a quick story here. And if you listen to my national radio show, I've told this story about when we were young, and he was, I think he was a couple of years behind me. He may have been one year behind me, if I'm not mistaken, when we were at the University of Miami. Michael Irvin had a stopwatch around his neck. I'll never forget this. He's running after practice, ran a mile around the field. Then Michael Irvin ran a mile backwards, you know, work on his equilibrium, making turns for the ball in the air, all this. So I'm going out there doing routes, all of this. He looked over at me and he goes, big sales, four five, I'm in the Hall of Fame. Michael Irvin was 18 years old when he was saying that to me. 18 years old. He was saying, I posted pictures of me and him. When we were in games, he used to always come over and check on me if I got banged up or I'd check on him if he got banged up. Was Michael Irvin a handful? We all were for Jimmy Johnson back then. And, yes, he was. He got to Dallas. We all know the stories. But you won't find a better leader and you won't find a better teammate that cares about you more than that guy. So he came out publicly and said that if you're unvaccinated, you're not committed to winning. And I kind of said this with Jason Cole in the last hour. Look, my philosophy on the vaccination and 
the mask and all. It's not a battle I care about. I really don't care. If it bugs you, I'll wear a mask. If we all have to get vaccinated to make everybody in the locker room feel better about themselves or to have the coaches feel better about themselves, fine. And for the record here, I'm not telling you to get it or not. I think that's everybody's own decision and their own family. So I'm not here telling you what you should do. And again, I'm not going to go down this line, but know this. This is going to be a storyline. I know it's going to nauseate half the room, but this is going to be a story. We just saw it play out a little bit in the NBA playoffs here with Chris Paul. He had to miss some some games in the playoffs because of him being involved in contract uh, contact tracing. I don't even know what that means, nor do I care. I just know this. Like, my, my wife and I and my kid do this. Hey, we carry a mask with us because you know why? I don't want confrontation on it. I don't want anybody saying anything to me. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to identify myself with politics because I wear a mask. I think it's become identity politics now. And I just don't want to get into that conversation because I don't care. Okay? This is all about the visual, isn't it? This is so awful. And what's happened is our government and people in Washington have made this so. Shouldn't this be up to every person privately? You know, there's a radio station in Detroit right now that's going on the air that has said these particular names are unvaccinated versus these. That's against the law. Anytime that you divulge one's health records, that's against the law. It's a crime to do that. You guys remember when Adam Schefter put on his Twitter feed, Jason Pierre Paul's blown out hand where he lost his fingers in that unfortunate firecracker accident. ESPN had to pay like $700,000. Schefter was fined himself and he was suspended because it was against the law to do that. You can't put some, he, he put on his Twitter feed, Jason Pierre Paul's medical records. And anytime you ask a medical question to somebody, that's against the law. You can't go like this. Hey, are you vaccinated? Prove it to me. So what's next? Hey, show me your smallpox vaccination card. You can't do that. That's identity politics front and center right there for it. You can't. It's against the law. So with the you have a radio station, actual radio station doing that. One of my friends who posted it, I couldn't believe what I was listening to. This is a bull-faced lie. These are people trying to shame certain people. And again, this is what we have in our society today. People shaming. This is not journalism. You think putting people's names out there on people who have been vaccinated and not vaccinated is journalism? Who gave you that high authority to do that? You're not a doctor. You just play one on the air. And I'm not a doctor. Nor would I ever play one on the air. Holy cow. So Michael's contention is you're not committed to winning. This is where I'm having known the man. I'm going to dissect this. Mike believes that everybody should eat the same meal. 
ride the same bus, be on the same plane, wear the same jerseys, because this is what he was taught. He was taught this from Jimmy Johnson. Think about what Jimmy did. You got to remember something. For pretty much all of Michael Irvin's career, college included, he had one guy teaching him this. That was Jimmy. Yeah, you had Barry and a couple other guys, but his winning was with Jimmy. He won at Miami with Jimmy, and he won in Dallas with Jimmy. And Coach Johnson's philosophy is we are all in one boat. So I understand where he's coming from. Coach Johnson did that all the time to us. Okay? Did that all the time. We'll wear, we'll wear one shirt that says there's no I in team. He would have, like, theme nights. We would sit around, go to, mur- uh, go to murder movies. <laughs> it was crazy, man, watching a guy's head fall off. Man, we're all sitting there, and Jimmy loved taking us to horror movies. We did everything together. We ate together, man. We were on the same plane, and the things we did, we fought together. So I got where he was coming from. And I don't think people out there probably took it so that, well, are you trying to tell me that if I don't have a shot, I don't, I'm not thinking about winning a championship? If you're looking at it for just that, it's not a smart comment by Mike because Mike's not a doctor either. But at the end of the day, Mike's just trying to talk to you as a teammate. He's trying to talk to you as a guy that, hey, look, if you want to be together in some, Jason Cole just said it too in the last hour. All right. You, you have to have everything and everyone all on the same page. So I kind of got it. Okay. I did. And I understood it. But I don't think everybody's going to take it that way. I think Mike's going to be killed on one side and the other side's going to revere Mike on what he said. Okay. And again, there's the politics in it. The NFL's got to be very careful to completely stay away from that side of the aisle. You got to be right in the middle. Let this thing play out because it will. Speaking of the Cowboys, I don't know if you know who this guy, Randy Gregory is. Randy Gregory was the pot smoking defensive end from Nebraska. That smoked pot before he went to the combines and got busted for it. Instead of being the 15th pick, he went in a couple rounds later. Cowboys got a steal. Pretty good player. And here's a prime example with the Cowboys on what happened with that team a year ago. Randy Gregory came out over the weekend, and he's like, well, you know, I had a problem with the way the Cowboys were really looking at Alden Smith as a better player than me, and, you know, it affected me. Sounds like Carson Wentz here. Are you kidding me, man? Alden Smith was a better player than you. Alden Smith has a problem getting to the octagon like Bones Jones does. Don't kid yourself. Alden Smith was a hell of a football player with the Raiders and with the 49ers. That guy could get around the corner, man. He was a good football player. He is a better player, but he's got a problem like you do. And to hear another man say, well, you know, I got a problem with him <laughs> because, you know, they they thought he was a better football player than me. I mean, it just shows you, dude, no one cares about your feelings. Get out there and play football for us. You have proven nothing. You have absolutely proven nothing as a player. All right. So people are calling Tom Brady a liar. 
And I find it real hypocritical when people do this. And I'll explain what I'm talking about. Tom Brady, the liar. We'll do it next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. The Ancelio National Football Show. By the way, this week, working on Nick Sirianni, the head football coach of the Eagles. Plus others, as you know the show, I posted a picture of some of the guests that we've had on over the last few months. It's been pretty iconic, I'll tell you that. We're very fortunate that folks like to step on with us here. And so working on numerous guys as we get ready for training camp, as I said, the Cowboys report tomorrow as they get ready for the Hall of Fame game. 
And July 27th, 28th, 26th, right around in there, pretty much all the NFL teams will be showing up to camp as we prepare for the upcoming 2021 season. And exhibition football, 17 games this year. How will teams come out of the pandemic? Look, right? There's been a change in some of the divisions. Like, when you say this, AFC East, the change in the mentality in that division is now that it's getting better. Dolphins are getting better. Bills are clearly better. I think the Patriots will be better. Dominated during the Brady era and Belichick era, though, right? For 15-plus years, I mean, just dominated. Um, You know, so will the Jets be getting better? They got a brand-new quarterback from BYU. Seems that it's getting a little bit better, maybe. You know what I mean? I mean, that division, but that division is no longer the Patriots division. So you look at that, young, upcoming, the Bills have a great roster. How about the NFC East? NFC East is still the worst division in football. And here's why. The quarterback play. Jalen Hurts, I have no idea. You know, I'm not going to sit here and go by a couple games that I saw last year when you had all that turmoil in the locker room because of Carson Wentz, whether or not he sucks or not. I, I look at him and I do this. Same way I do Tua with the Dolphins. I say this about Jalen Hurts. I don't know. I, you know, you, you don't want to go into a 2021 season when your quarterback is, I don't know. Is this somebody that we can build a football team around? Is this somebody that's going to be able to get Devontae Smith to football? I don't know. Is your old line that you're kind of moving some pieces around a little bit? Is it going to be conducive enough like you were a couple of years ago where you were going to be a solid group? I think the Eagles have a solid opportunity at improving that group on both sides of the football, but it's got to be health. That's a health issue team. And it's been the last few years a health issue team. I think they're light in linebacker play, and I think they're light clearly in the secondary too. Wouldn't be shocked if they go out and try to upgrade that secondary. I don't know how, make a trade. I don't know what they do, but their secondary is not what it needs to if you want to be a division champion. I mean, the Washington team, I don't know, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Watch this. Ryan Fitzpatrick could probably come into this year throw for 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, and put that team back into a position where they're the best team in the NFC East again. He's got that capability, but he also has a capability of going in there and having a third year. Just too up and down to where you're at going. And then there's Dallas. Dallas's defense, I don't know. And then Dimes Jones. Come on, man. Dimes Jones has shown me nothing but pennies. I don't see it. I, I really, I, I just don't see it. So me going like this, well, I don't know, the NFC East, okay? How about the NFC West? Look at how that division has improved like a mo. you know what? Matthew Stafford, you know, it's funny. We were talking about Matthew Stafford prior to going on the air, and I'll say this to you. Matthew Stafford, okay. Well, he really didn't have an impact at all in Detroit. Threw for a lot of yards. This guy was like Vinny Testaverde. For, you know, Vinny Testaverde's thrown for almost 50,000 yards in his career. I don't know. I compare him to Vinny. You think Matthew Stafford's better than Bledsoe? Pretty comparable. Drew actually got to a Super Bowl, though. So I don't know. Right? I think he's more like Vinny. Vinny put big numbers up. 
Vinny went to a couple playoffs. I mean, I, I, I look at Matthew Stafford and go, okay, well, his impact on the field, watch this. Well, they didn't really have a lot around him. You think Tom Brady really had a lot around him in New England? You know, I always have that debate with people. You know, Manning didn't have the things around. I was like, so Peyton Manning had Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, Edgerin James, Marshall Falk, an old line for 10 years intact with Jeff Saturday in that. And you're telling me Peyton Manning didn't have anything? Name me one offensive player that Tom Brady played with that's a Hall of Famer. Okay, let's that one Super Bowls. Gronk. Who else? Name me one more. That one, remember, they didn't win with Moss. One guy, Wes Welker? I don't think so. Edelman doesn't have the season numbers to do it. Greatest one of the greatest postseason receivers, but he'll never get a sniff when it comes to the Hall of Fame because he didn't put up the numbers that it's going to take to get even into a conversation and on a list where he would be considered. There's not one guy Brady played with. So everyone, And there were times Brady's defense was 28th, 20th. They weren't top dogs when it came to defense. Brady took a football team and won Super Bowls with no-name dudes. Chris Hogan, Deion Branch, Troy Brown, Cedric Benson. Those were the guys that were on those championship teams. <laughs> You're like Edelman, Amendola. These were all nobodies, man, before they got to New England. They were nobodies. And Brady transformed them into Super Bowl champions. Manning had all the tools. So when you tell me about Stafford, okay, I give it to you. Stafford never had really a guy in that offense that could get, get you 1,000 yards. I don't think – Maybe what the last guy that gained a thousand yards in Detroit was Reggie Bush, and that was years ago. So I I, I understand. I, I kind of get where you're coming from, but were there a lot of thousand yard rushers in New England? And who were they? Just saying. Speaking of Brady, this is where you know we we opened the show a little bit with um, Space Jam too. And that's not something I'm going to get on LeBron about. I don't care if it's got good reviews or not. It's a kid's movie. It was the number one grossing movie over the weekend. Good. It's a kid's movie. It's an iconic franchise. Who cares if it's good or not? The kids enjoy it. Fantastic. People are saying this. Hey, man, you know, it's really a great family movie. It's something to take your kids to, kids um, and your family to a movie. You know, we haven't had a chance to go to movies. This is really going to be a great opportunity to get everybody. To go. That, that sounds like a fun time, man. Eating snow cones and cotton candy and popcorn and going to a movie again. That's fantastic. Great. I'm not ripping that. And you know that there's LeBron hating. Oh, you know, this thing's not the Godfather. And you're, you're like this. What Were you expecting this thing really to be Deer Hunter? Are you expecting this thing to be like Apocalypse Now or something like that? Because it's a kid's movie. Relax. See, this is LeBron hating. No, someone say, Sills, you don't like the guy. Yeah, but I don't like the guy for his antics and his crying and his, all that other stuff and the self-promoting. Do I think he's a phenomenal basketball player? Absolutely. 
Has he been a great ambassador for his sport? Absolutely. Has he put an iconic career? This is dumb. Of course he has. Got to give the guy his justice. I know my friend Howard Eskin hates the guy, calls him a fraud. Okay, but that's the debate that I have. Do I think the guy's genuine? No. But come on, man. You can't argue with what he's done. And the brand, he's a billion-dollar athlete. I mean, come on now, right? This guy made it mobile or made it fashionable to be a mobile athlete for you to go around. So there's all that hating that goes on. Brady's got a little bit of that. You know, I, I saw a poll a couple of years ago that Brady was the most revered and hated guy with NFL fans. How can that be? It's like the Howard Stern factor. People loved listening to Howard when he was on in New York. When he was on terrestrial radio, man, when I was a kid growing up, everybody loved Howard. And guess what's funny? The people that didn't like Howard listened to him longer because they didn't know what he was going to say next. And that was always a running theme on Howard Stern. The people that hated him. And if you're a great sports talk host or a great sports broadcaster, why do you think Howard Cosell was able to last as long as he did? The people that hated Howard loved listening to Howard. They just didn't want to admit it. But they listened longer. How many times do you tune on a sports radio show? Hey, man, I hate this show. Or you see somebody tweet it out. I hate this guy. I'll never listen to him ever again. You're lying. You'll be tuned in tomorrow at 6 a.m. or 3 p.m. listening to me. Who are you kidding? You'll be there again. My favorite ones, and it plays out on Twitter. My favorite ones, and they do this to me on my Twitter page, at Dan Cilio Show. Cilio, I hate your guts. You're the biggest racist, homophobic guy. And none of it's true, of course, because these people don't know me from a can of paint. But they follow me on Twitter. How, how do you justify following me on Twitter, calling me those things, and yet you find it in your whatever to follow me? I, I, I Whenever somebody does that, I just start laughing. I'm like, why do you follow me then? If you think I'm these horrific things, why do you tweet at me? And why do you, why do you follow me? It's the same thing in radio. Same guy calls up at 3.15 every day from Cherry Hill. Hey, Howard, I hate your guts. You know, you're always a Sixer hater. Oh, wait, that sounds like I'm from Boston, so maybe that's W-E-E-I guy. Okay, calling from the Southie area. Hey, you know what I'm saying? I don't like you, man. I hate you. And you're like, Bro, you listen every day, and you call me every day at 3.15. <laughs> I can't even get through a first segment without you calling. It's great. So those people that hate LeBron and Brady, they watch him religiously. Don't let them kid you. It's, it's, it's the cancel culture that uses it as a prop. See? Let's start a petition. to get this. It, 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 They use it as a prop. Really don't mean it, but... Most people in broadcasting today get scared and hide under their desk because that's what they do. They're afraid. Most people are afraid. You know, I always tell people, see this right here? That's how far it is with greatness when you're talking sports broadcasting. 
Some people will stay right there, right at the edge, not go over. And some people, they'll stay this far away and not be so great. You know, I was at, uh, Krause asked me a question. I'll move on to Brady here in a minute. Um, he was asking me, Craig Carton, who's the afternoon drive host now in New York. And by the way, he's number one. Boy, that didn't take long. And he, he asked me a question. He goes like this. He goes, what, 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 did, what did Carton like on your, you thanked him for something. Craig called me and goes like this. This is on a Sunday. And I do this to him. Carton goes like this to me. He goes, hey, I saw you post something on Twitter. I say, yeah, what do you think? He goes, I don't know. It's like that. And I go, what do you mean you don't know? He goes, is it worth it? I go, there's nothing on my Twitter page that's worth it. And he goes like this. Okay. So we went over a topic and I went, all right, I'll delete it. And so I said something to him today. I said, really? You're, 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 you're talking about a quarterback's hot mom? Really? He goes, you think that's bad? I go, I don't know. And then that's how we're doing it now. I don't know. You know, I don't know. Would you do it? I go, no, I wouldn't do that. You know, well, she's really got a lot of like likes. The, the new quarterback from BYU, his mom, I guess, is smoking. And so he kind of got caught in the middle of something. And he tweeted something. And I went, I don't know. <laughs> I did the same thing to him. I don't know. He's like, okay. So I deleted it. So he deleted it. And we had a conversation this morning about it. We're all looking out for one another because again, no one else is going to look out for us. So there's haters out there. LeBron and Brady have them because they're the most successful athletes that we have in sports today. So I was watching a couple of the shows and one of the guys on the show, Emmanuel Acho, I think it was speak for yourself on FS1. Called Brady a liar that he really couldn't have had an MCL tear the entire year that he, pre- that he played last year and won a Super Bowl. He said, there's just no way. So what he's doing is he's trying to, what do you call it? He's trying to enhance the story like Jordan had a flu game against Utah. And so Brady's trying to make last year's victory seem even more iconic than what anything he's ever done. And it adds to the myth of Brady. Does that guy come off to you that he's going to make a story up so that he can accentuate his place in NFL history? There's very few things, folks, that that guy can do that's left to accentuate that resume. He's won seven Super Bowls, been to 10 of them. He's the most iconic winner in NFL history, and he's going to go down as one of the top three players in the history of the sport. You think he really needs to lie about having a knee injury, playing on it, and winning a Super Bowl on a MCL strained knee, or excuse me, Torn knee. You think he needs that? Does that even add to it to me? No. Because Brady, of course, has to be hurt. 
He's played too many years not to be. You think a guy that's got 21 or 22 years, when he's working on week 16 of the NFL, you think that guy is not with some types of aches and pains? When you've played the game that passionately, that long, and you don't think, you think that guy, Tom Brady probably plays an NFL season right now with all the years that he's put in and the injuries and the hits that he's had in his career. Tom Brady probably plays at 90%. There's never going to be a time in his career where he's 100%. Watch this. He may come out and tell you this. Well, I'm 100%. Nothing's hurt. And the difference between hurt and hurting, (laughs) okay, maybe I should reverse that. I'm not hurting. But he's always going to be hurt. You can't play that length of time in an NFL career and not come away with injuries. So to have people in broadcasters question. Now, see, look, this is goes down the line of hating and where I was going. Okay, Deflategate, really. How many people truly believe that Deflategate had anything to do with Tom Brady's success? I'll wait. Not long. I'm over it. Nothing. How many people believe that Spygate had anything to do with Tom Brady's success? I'll wait. Not long. Nothing. That's all to get in your head. That's all to be gamesmanship inside your head. Nothing more, nothing less. All to kind of give you that impression and just to give you that little doubt that there's something seedy going on because that's what the Patriots did. So to have people question Tom Brady's injury, and you love the media guys that are doing it. There's these NFL guys. I was talking to you about Lane Johnson, the uh, offensive lineman for the Eagles, having to defend Nick Sirianni because some stupid-ass Michael Robinson is his name. He's on the NFL Network going, everybody in the Eagles – well, not everybody – but there's guys inside that inside that organization that really don't like what Nick Sirianni's doing. How can you tell? They were only in helmets and shorts. How could you tell? How could you tell? Well, you know, just something. Dude, anybody who's been in an NFL locker room knows helmets and shorts and OTAs is not a way to evaluate a coach because most of the time the assistant coaches are taking complete charge and so are the players. What was Bruce Arian say during OTAs? He let Tom Brady coach the football team pretty much. He kind of stayed away. You know, he said, like, well, let's let the players deal with this right here. Let's see if we can build some type of leadership up with uh, this group here. And we go into the upcoming 2021 camp, and we'll be able to rock and roll here. Most of those coaches, when you have a football team like that, they want to put it in the hands of the players. So how can you tell of Nick Sirianni? So, again, the point of – misinformation and the guys that are throwing it out there today, people in the media, look at what's going on with Rachel Nichols and with Maria Taylor. Those two are having fights on who's going to get the bigger job at ESPN. And it's people in the business that have, that throw these things out, that throw this misinformation. I talked to you about the Damian Lillard deal. Damian Lillard came out today and went, I don't know where that came from. I, I never said that I wanted at all 
in any way I wanted it all out of Portland. I never said that. You know, I don't know where that narrative came from. Have no idea. It's people in our media, they do it in mainstream media. Just watch CNN for about 20 minutes. Then you can throw up all over yourself on how some of the stories, you just listen to the stories and you're like, who said that? So Brady playing with an MCL tear. Of course, I believe Tom. I'm going to give Tom Brady the benefit of the doubt. If he says he had an MCL tear, what would be in his, what would be, what's the motive here for him to lie? He won the Super Bowl. Oh, I know. Makes him look bigger. Right. Okay. Really? All right. Speaking of Brady, his former team, the Patriots. It looks like there's a culture change. That's going on in New England. We'll hit on it next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life. Count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. 
Ancilio, National Football Show. We appreciate you coming aboard with us. You know, it must be nice to have money where you could just throw like $900,000 at Elton John's piano like Jim Irsay did. I'm like, man, okay. I mean, these guys make so much dough. And to hear that the Packers lost money shows you what the pandemic did to some of these football teams. According to a report I saw, the Packers lost $38 million because of lost local revenue. And that was all factored in a year before the pandemic. So obviously, because there were no fans in the stands for a majority of those games, um, no doubt the NFL took it in the shorts last year. But always remember something about the NFL. The majority of the operating budget comes from television. Okay, 97% of the operating budget for NFL football teams comes from those TV deals. They don't come from really local revenue. They factor that in, obviously, when it comes to the salary cap. But when it comes into what you're generating, each NFL team last year had a record in payout from the networks. The networks paid out all 32 NFL teams over $300 million. Think of that for a minute. Jerry Jones bought the Dallas Cowboys back in like 1989 for $154 million. This last year, Jerry Jones was stroked a TV check for over $300 million just for having his team and being part of the NFL on television. That shows you, again, the power of the league. Now, no doubt when it came to local revenues and it came to the money that they lost because of fans in the stands like places like Green Bay, okay? I mean, no doubt a lot of these teams lost a lot of money, but hey, let's be candid. If you're Jacksonville or you're Washington, not a lot of people in those stands anyway. <laughs> Even when you're like in a regular season and there's no pandemic, you really don't have a lot of people in those stands. So, you know, pandemic did wreak havoc last year. I guarantee you that writes itself and corrects itself this year because I think there's going to be a great upcoming NFL season this year. All right. So this Stefan Gilmore deal, 2019 NFL Defensive Player of the Year. He is such a great ball player. Really a great football player. I have the greatest respect for the guy. I mean, look, when you can get a lockdown corner and you can get somebody like Darrell Revis or Deion Sanders or somebody like that, that can control one half of the field, and you don't have to worry about that side of the field. I say to you, man, you got yourself a gold mine, and you pay that guy anything you get. Look, I think the premium positions, you know, we were talking prior to coming on the air, we were talking about Aaron Donald versus Fletcher Cox, and we were talking, you know, which guy I like over the other guy. And I have a personal preference that I like Fletcher Cox. It's funny. I had a conversation with Warren Sapp the other day, and I was talking to him about Donald. And we were talking prior to going on the air, and I said, you think guys like J.J. Watt and Khalil Mack and players like that that make $20 million, Von Miller, you think those guys really make impact football, um, make an impact to your football team? Do you really believe that, that they can win you a Super Bowl? I don't. I think they're great players. But Aaron Donald's not going to be the reason you win a Super Bowl. 
there was, get this, the year that J.J. Watt was out completely, look it up. This was 2018, maybe? Maybe it was the 19 year. I don't remember. I'm 18. The year that Watt missed the whole year. The Texans had the number one defense in the NFL without him. Clowney was on that team. They had the number one defense. Didn't matter. J.J. Watt had no impact. Is he a great player? Absolutely. Is Aaron Donald a great player? Absolutely. But these guys have the impact that defensive guys have on the game today is not as significant as it once was back in the day. Why is that? Because the emphasis is really not on the run game. It's on the passing game and the intermediate passing game. That's why Aaron Donald looks like he is more of an asset because he gets to the quarterback. Tremendous pass rusher. I would say this to you. Donald, as a pass rusher, will go down as one of the great three-technique pass rushers I've ever seen. But as a complete guy, he's not being asked to be complete. He doesn't care about the run. How many times do you see him run around blocks? Every game you see him do it because it's not a priority anymore. Back in the day when you had like the great defense in Chicago or you had Gang Green in Philly or you had that defense in uh, the Rams or the Saints or what have you, those defenses won football games for you. The Lawrence Taylor defense, like watch this, the LT defenses today, they're not going to win you games because you know why? The rules have been skewed against that team because what they don't want to see are teams like the New York Giants winning Super Bowls. Can you name me one wide receiver on those LT teams that won Super Bowls? Name me one, and not Mark Bavaro. He's a tight end. One wideout. They don't want that because why? They want you on the red zone. They want you gambling. The game is a passing league. That's why Donald looks like he – Fletcher Cox is a dual player. He stops the run when healthy, and he's a good. he's above average as a pass rusher. Some are saying this to me. Well, I don't want him. Or I would take Donald over him. Okay. Donald's got the ring. I mean, Donald doesn't have the ring. Got to a Super Bowl. Got to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Says a lot. Wade Phillips was a DC. So you also had great coaching there as well. But the defensive guys today, look at what, what impact has Khalil Mack made on the Bears? I mean, Von Miller had a great impact on the Super Bowl. What's he been to the to the Broncos over the last couple of years? Here's the positions. Corner, left tackle, or really any old lineman. I'm never going to pay big money for a wide out. Why would I? A dime a dozen. Quarterback, obviously. Those are the positions. Like I said, corner, O-line, Left tackle, maybe a pass rusher. I mean, why do you think Clowney's one of the most overpaid guys? I'd say this about David Clowney. You know the posters to the movies? Sometimes it looks so cool, and you look at the poster, you're like, man, that's a really great poster. When it comes to Clowney, the poster's kind of better looking than the player. He's never had a double sack digit year in his entire career. Okay? It's kind of like, you know, the poster, you know, he's a little bit more hype than anything. So with Stefan Gilmore, he wants to get paid. He should get paid. 
And if you're New England, get this. This is the first time they've had to deal with stuff like this. Because with Brady in the room, you know, we, we, we had, you know, people that were making comments down in Tampa. Well, I took less money because I wanted to make another run at the Super Bowl. Stephon Gilmore's not saying that anymore. He goes, I want market value. And if it's not going to be here in New England, then let it be somewhere else because I'm not going to take anything less. New England never had to go through that battle. You don't have a signal caller in the room now where, hey, man, this is really about more about winning than it is anything. Gilmore's like this. I've won already. <laughs> okay, I got championship rings. I'm, I'm pretty good with who I am. I want to get paid now. And quite frankly, the environment in New England, it's not what it was a couple years ago. So, you know, you're Stefan Gilmore. This is going to be interesting to see how this plays out. The two storylines going into camp have to be Brady and him getting his team prepared for a 2021. Rodgers, and I want to see what happens here with Stefan Gilmore and whether or not he stays in New England or if he ends up packing up and looking somewhere else to play. Hey, man, could you see Stephon Gilmore in Philadelphia? They need a DB. That's a pretty good fit. I can't think that Gilmore would stay in the AFC because Patriots ain't going to want to see that guy coming back to haunt him. But could you see that guy playing somewhere in the NFC? I could. All right. want to thank my boy, Krause. Cal, thank you so much. Big Joe, we thank you. Don't forget. Hey, if you missed any of the show, go over to the Jacob Media page. You can click it, like it, share it, watch it anytime you want. Till tomorrow, 4 to 6. We'll catch you on the flip side. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.